Hey, thanks again for being here. It is Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International. And as you know, we really appreciate your time. We know it's valuable. So let's get right into it. Gayla Jennings O'Byrne is the founder of Intent Manifesto, and she's an advocate for female entrepreneurs, specifically women of color. And in this talk, she's going to detail how women need to support other women as the face of entrepreneurship is changing. All right. Let's begin now. This is Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, episode number 46. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I am Jeff Blitnikoff. Time yet for another guest, another week, and we appreciate you being here. And very excited this week to talk to the founder and CEO of Intent Manifesto. And you might wonder, what is Intent Manifesto? And we're going to get into that in just a second. Gayla Jennings O'Byrne, she is the founder and CEO, and she's got 20 years, 20 plus years of Wall Street technology, philanthropy, and policy experience. And she's embracing her female superpowers to amplify social change, her boldest endeavor to date, launched just last year, 2018, Intent Manifesto. And it's an education campaign and series of convenings and capacity building workshops to raise the visibility of women of color founders. And the project hopes to create a self-sustainable solution that will empower women of color entrepreneurs and improve the communities they live in. Of course, Gayla, I lifted that right from your bio and uh, welcome to the podcast. I can't wait to dig into all of this. Awesome. And thank you so much for having me. I love the idea of being able to talk to Athena members and listeners. So thank you so much for having me as part of this. Oh, absolutely. And I know that I, I read directly from your bio, of course, but I know that I didn't do it justice because it's impossible to take a project of this scope and break it down to just a paragraph. So I would love to have not only your perspective on this project and your why of doing it, and then also what brought you to this place. Again, Gayla, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you. I think I'll start with the fact that I am the product of a, in essence, one of the hidden figures, similar to the women that you saw on this film, Hidden Figures. They were at that time considered computers, right? These were really smart women, mathematicians uh, who were also learning computer programs, and they were helping with the build and design of the space shuttle. And while that was happening in a similar way, my mom was doing similar work uh, with McDonnell Douglas and the F-15 fighter plane and the DC-10, which is a commercial plane, which is sort of the grandfather of planes that you and I are all now flying today. And it started really me sort of learning her story a little bit too and and taking some inspiration from that. Uh, she grew up and at a time when schools were just becoming segregated again and was asked to go to the all-white school there in South in the South. And she ended up because she was very she ended up being asked A to go because she was very smart and B, she was in all honors classes. Now there weren't any other 
uh, African Americans in those classes, and there weren't any other women in those classes. So she basically took her classes each day with kids that did not look like her, that were Caucasian and from the South. And so having that upbringing and then taking her to technology and to work on planes, that then brought us to California where I ended up growing up. And so I was surrounded by these amazing women in the early days of Silicon Valley who represented all cultures and races and ethnicities. And I got to a place after many years of my own career successes and accomplishments um, and not seeing those women anymore in really meaningful ways and not seeing the market um, and society and Wall Street and venture capitalists really see them in the way that I had seen them growing up. And so it was my desire to want to make sure that they were no longer hidden figures. That was the fire that started sparking inside me and has led me to this place. So let's talk about Intent Manifesto and how you are, as you say, creating a self-sustainable solution that will empower women of color entrepreneurs and improve the communities they live in. What are what are some of the things you're doing to make that a reality? Sure. Um, in its simplest form, we are changing the visual of what a entrepreneur looks like because what we see in the market are women of color and that's women of all ethnicities and races and genders and experiences right we see diverse and inclusive teams and so what we're doing is one changing that visual because it's what we see but a lot of people in the mainstream and mass markets don't see that And then our belief is that if we change the visual, right, because not every entrepreneur, not every business owner is a white guy in a hoodie named Mark or Zuckerberg and lives in Palo Alto or Mountain View, right? And so if we can change that visual, we can start to change the narrative of who entrepreneurs are and how women are amazing business owners and how innovative and creative they are. And then if we can do that, we can start to change the capital flows. And from there, we believe we'll change the world. So if we change the uh, visual, if we change the narrative, we can change the capital flows, and then we can change the world. So at its highest, most simplest level, that's what we aim to do. But it starts from this place of, you know, I spent many years on Wall Street as an investment banker, specifically around buying and selling companies. I was a merger and acquisitions banker. And then I spent many years as a lobbyist and then doing corporate philanthropy. So I saw these different worlds where large capital flows were taking place, right? Whether it was with investment banks, buying and selling companies, how governments and the types of budget they are working with to philanthropy and the social impact if we invest correctly. And I was struck by this wanting to see if we could find the crossroads of those in terms of how we support some of the fastest growing populations of entrepreneurs. And I truly believe that the next Uber or Google or Snapchat is being created right now by the population of women that I see. And we actually call them walk stars. So W-O-C, women of color stars. We think uh, all women are rock stars, especially walk stars and their allies and their um, inclusive teams. And so we started with this belief that these walk stars are doing amazing things. And so could we 
also combat and address other social issues by helping women entrepreneurs and women businesses grow and be their most successful. Because what we know is that women head up most of the income, about 40% of family incomes, that women add value to companies and to the valuation, right? The pricing and the valuation of companies that they hire more diverse and inclusive teams. We also know that they also have added more jobs to the economy than men have. So if we just started 2008 when the recession happened, men have lost about 1.3, I think, million jobs. Women have added about that many jobs in that same time period. And we also know that they stabilize families and that they stabilize neighborhoods. So when we think about all of the social issues that we're dealing with, I think one of the cores of how we can even combat and address some of those other issues, it really starts with women. And then if we sort of deal and you know dig a little deeper, uh, if we start to look at women of color, last year they generated about $380 billion in revenue. Now, American Express has a fascinating, they do this each year in the annual report, that forecast that if we had invested in them as a society and as financial markets and investors and consumers, right, that they would have generated about a trillion dollars in revenue and they would have added four million new jobs to the economy. So when we think about how do we uplift communities, how do we bring people more opportunities, how do we bring about new jobs, the evidence is really clear that this population is part of the answer. So that's where the work came from, and that's the work we're trying to do, which is A, get people excited about this population, and they can do so by first just signing our manifesto. I mean, when I go, when I dream big, I have this vision that a million people or a gazillion people will sign this manifesto, which is a lovely, guilt-free, calorie-free, bipartisan way for people to just raise their hand and say, hey, I believe in women. I believe in everyone should have, you know, equal opportunities and investments to grow and scale. And I want to show up in the world as someone that, you know, just believes in inclusion, inclusion of everyone. And the beautiful thing is people are signing it and raising their hand. And, you know, people have mothers and daughters and aunts and and sisters and so people are saying yeah like women are amazing where do I sign so that's that's been step one for us it's been really lovely and then the other thing that you shared was the convenings you know we've grown our tribe to 20 plus thousand and so we wanted to start to have a way that we could build a community for them to really interact with them and so we've been piloting what we call an intentional entrepreneurial breakfast series. Right now they're in New York, but with hopefully some funding and sponsorship throughout the year, we're going to take it to some other markets and we're also going to figure out how to do this digitally and online. But those are the key starting points, if you will. All right, let's talk about the tactics because that's a great overview of the vision. And so what are some of the 
the specific tactics. Now, you just mentioned I'm on your website right now, and then there's the intent manifesto that you encourage people to sign. And of course, you can go to intentmanifesto.com, and the site is laid out in a really easy to understand and really smart way. So it's easy for people to find the intent manifesto. But beyond that, what are some other tactics that you are doing on the ground level to start to change this narrative and change the investment flow? Yeah. So like you said, the intent manifesto, we hope everyone who's listening will sign that. We really want to get to a gazillion people having signed that. Um, The second thing that we have started doing are showcasing a, through video, a woman entrepreneur on all of our platforms. So that visual we talked about, right, is getting out and doing really great storytelling of who these women are, not just the ones that are our legacy and our ancestors, right, but who are the entrepreneurs today. So we have videos going out and everywhere we go, we're just taking these short one-minute videos of entrepreneurs just telling us their story. Um, And it's been really lovely. We've got a lovely, I think, 200-plus backlog, and so we're just pushing those out every couple of days for people to see. And it's been really lovely how people have responded to hearing and seeing other people's stories. And we're encouraging people. We have a site through what's called Countable.com, which is a great place where people can upload their one-minute video. We also, on our website, have a section called Submit, so intentmanifesto.com backslash submit, like submitting your video. And it's been lovely, the videos that have come in. Some people have been in their car on their way to work, right? On their way to their company. Some people talk about their aspirations for wanting to start a company. That's been a really powerful tool for us, which is storytelling. And the other is we've been starting to tell the story of other women who uh, are ancestors, if you will, or, or legacy. So the stories that I heard growing up and that we found that a lot of people don't know but are amazed when we tell them are, for instance, your cell phone. The technology in that actually was founded by a woman of color. The fact that when you go home tonight or, and you're not cold in your house or your apartment, that technology was a woman of color. The nanny cam, the CCTV, the security cameras, you know, that are that are everywhere, that was a woman of color. So when we think about innovation and creativity and technology, it's getting those kinds of stories out that people don't know. The third thing that we're doing that we're finding is really powerful is we have been holding courses in different cities as well as we have materials and resources online because the other thing that's really powerful is when women start to invest in other women. And there's many ways you can do that. It can be as simple as how do you show up and what do you choose to buy and who you choose to buy from? And could you, and maybe this is a challenge for all of you listening, is over the next 30 days, buy, purchase, recommend, like if you're on social media, a woman entrepreneur, right? So yes, you can go to the big brand stores, but what about if you bought that pair of earrings from a up and coming entrepreneurial fashion designer or jewelry maker? Like how powerful could that be? Um, And that's simple and it's in your power. Our company is Intent Manifesto and we take that word intent really seriously. So everything we do has intention behind it. 
And I'll tell you, all of the vendors where we can, and I'll explain what I mean by that, all of the vendors that we work with, we are intentional in making sure that they are either women of color or that they have inclusive and diverse team members in real meaningful leadership roles. Now, we use things like Google and MailChimp and, you know, some of these, you know, back office technologies like, is there a woman of color that started that, that organization? Maybe not. But I can tell you, we have a huge law firm, one of the best in the business. And we were very clear with them when we were signing on that we wanted the lawyers on the team to include a diverse and, uh, um, a team. Our bookkeepers, our accountants, our media people, our marketing, our branding, we've been very intentional. So we have resources and we have courses where we talk about how to invest. And I say the first way again, which is, let's call it a 30-day challenge, um, is over the next 30 days, be intentional, find a woman entrepreneur that you can support. And then the other side of that is we talk about um, building wealth because we're really, really wanting women to have more security around their own finances. And we believe that women can invest in other women and support other women. And all of us can build our wealth and our financial security by supporting one another. And that's been really powerful. We see it. I've got a couple personal questions for you. And the first one is, is, well, not too personal, but uh, the personal side of business, I would say, would be the intent of these questions. See, I'm getting into it, too. And uh, (laughs) let's talk about startups, because you really, with all your experience, you kind of kind of laid back and got yourself cruised into retirement and uh but you didn't you are you started this company and i i always love to dig into the whys of why somebody does you touched a little bit on it in the early part of the interview but i really want you to expand on this because you really left a safe and secure environment with everything that you were doing and you went into the startup world and that is not easy. So I'd love to hear your why and how it's been going for you. We will hear more from our guest in just a second. But first, Athena International has a big event coming up in October and you should be there. Let's take a pause and get the details from event co-chair and Athena International board member, Sherry Jones. Want to enhance your leadership skills? Join us this October in the beautiful Hudson River Valley, New York for the 2019 Athena International Women's Conference. We're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Athena Leadership Model and the impact of the eight principles of enlightened leadership. Register at becomingathena.org. Sure. And listen, I'll be honest. I, the story I gave about my mother at the beginning is true, and it. It, and it was the, the inspiration for me. But honestly, added to that, or the other layer, I should say, of that is I had, I had, had a cancer in my eye. And I went through my surgeries, I survived them. But there was that moment of, and I don't think I can curse on here, but there was that moment of, oh, S-H, blah, blah, what the heck. And that moment of, like, afraid of dying, completely honest, afraid of dying, like ugly crying, blubbering, why me? You know, I went through all of those stages of emotion. 
And when I came out on the other side of it, I realized that I was no longer afraid. I wasn't afraid of dying. I wasn't afraid of the unknown. I wasn't afraid of what was next for me. And I also was excited to live. And I remember there was a point, I live in New York City and I take the subway and I ride the bus. And I remember I'm standing on a subway platform and I just started staring at people. And I realized, and I started doing that everywhere. Not like scary staring, like, oh my God, she's creepy or a pervert. But I just found myself, and you do a lot of people watching, we all do people watching, but I found myself sort of locking in on people and things and even food, like the taste of like a red wine or a piece of chocolate. Like I was just holding on to things, right? Locking in on them. And I realized what I was doing was I was trying to create these snapshots in my brain so that I would remember them. And so when I got to that place of like, I don't have to lock in and remember everything. I can just enjoy it, right? As opposed to trying to like put it in a box. That then was the moment that I said, you know what? I can leave my safety net and I can fight and advocate and champion for something I believe in. And before that moment, I had never like been that woman that was, I'm black and I'm proud and I'm a woman. And, you know, I wasn't that declarative, right? I just was in my own skin. But I got to, I guess, a place where I realized that I wanted to live. I wanted to live a life that I could be proud of. And I wasn't afraid of dying or looking like a fool or being a fool, (laughs) sounding like a fool, but that all those were going to be lovely moments too. And so, yeah, I, I left. I didn't necessarily have a game plan. I had a partner that didn't work out the first time. But the universe and the world has just risen up to meet me. And even in a lovely, beautiful way, my former employer, J.P. Morgan, reached out to me and and said, come in and tell us about what you're doing. We see you out there and it sounds really cool. And and now they're, they are my anchor supporter. They were, they're my initial supporter for Intent Manifesto, as well as some of the work we're going to be doing in, later this year and in 2020. So stay tuned because we've got more stuff coming up. Um, and they're they're going to be some of the uh, supporters of that work as well, all around advocating for women. It's just an amazing story. And I guess it would be safe to say that that experience that, and probably you wouldn't recommend anybody go through it, but certainly it sounds to me like that experience was really when it was presented to you was the worst thing that ever happened to you, but it turned out to be the very thing that connected you to your purpose. Is is that, am I right in saying that? Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And you're right. It doesn't have to be on that scale for people to get the confidence to want to live and do and be different than maybe they are today. I've had a beautiful career. I've had beautiful friends and beautiful experiences, but I knew I just wanted to do something different. I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. I wanted to be a little bit afraid. I wanted to feel alive. And I wish that for everyone. And it doesn't have to come from something bad or horrible or traumatic. It could just be a awakening that people have to want to do and try something different. And, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you go on vacation and you kind of are like, Oh, when we get back, I want to remember this, the sun on my face, the sand underneath my you know feet. And then we get right back into our routine. And so what I always tell people is, you know, find a little way to sort of keep some of that 
vacation glow, right? Like maybe take a shell home from the beach, right? And I, and put it on your desk. I do that. And every now and then I sort of, you know, I just put it in my hand and sort of rub it a little bit. And it just reminds me of that one, you know, a beach vacation. I even did it recently. I had it. <laughs> I'm probably oversharing. I had a trip uh, outside the country and at the hotel, it wasn't the greatest hotel soap, but it was just the hotel soap from that hotel. And so I brought it home. It's not like I don't have soap at home, but I was like, you know what? In three months, I'm going to open up this soap just to smell and and bathe and lather <laughs> in the <laughs> moment that I'd had three months ago. Okay, I overshared. But you know what I mean? Like, we can recreate and find these things. And it doesn't mean that we all have to, like, quit our jobs, right? Like, I, I was pretty dramatic. I came home one day. I mean, I did the math and worked through and see what our financials were. But it was, like, over dinner, and I was sort of like, hey, honey, I'm quitting my job, and here's our financials, and here's sort of, you know, our balance sheet. I'm going to take, you know, half of it and start, you know, chanting for women, women of color. You know, here's this light Irish guy from Dublin, Ireland. He's just sort of looking at me like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and can you pass the, you know, the salt and pepper? You know, it doesn't always have to be that dramatic, but I truly am now a believer in this notion of like we just need to do things that feel good and are of purpose and align with our values and who we want to be and you know we have this maybe I can use this word on on the podcast but you know like we have like no asshole policy and we create loveless and is kumbaya and that sound it's it's actually a nice way to to how to build company and, and build networks and it works for us and so I wish that for other people. Well, before we get into the Athena questions, and actually there's usually two Athena questions, but you've just answered the second one beautifully all through this podcast. And that's how you support women. And you certainly are doing that. So we're going to get to the Athena question in a second. But one final question I have for you on a, a personal note, and this is maybe for the entrepreneurs that are listening right now, that you can really go a long way in a short time. Because I look at what you are doing on your website at intentmanifesto.com. And I look at some of the partners you have like J.P. Morgan and Chase Company, which you just explained was your employer. But you also have the Wharton School of Business and you have their social impact initiative and you have Good Exchange. You've got an impressive start for a business that is only about a little over a year old from what I can tell. So maybe you can talk to the other entrepreneurs that are listening right now about how you can traverse a long distance in a short period of time, which is it seems that you have done. Yeah. Yeah, happy to. I would say what we did was we raised our hand and asked for help. And as a woman from, you know, of color, there's sort of this social norm of needing to be 110%, right? Like everything's got to be perfect. We don't want to show up shabby or janky. Like, you know, everything's got to be perfect, right? And so we're not used to asking questions or asking for help, right? Because we want to act like we know things and we're prepared for every meeting and every occasion. And so I had to get out of my comfort zone and, and start to ask people for help. And the beautiful thing is people want to help and people want to bring their skills and talents to and share them with other people. So funny, I... I used to be, and you're not going to lose, but I used to be a big talker, right? I still am chatty, Kathy, right? 
but I started practicing active listening. And I realized people really want to talk if you allow them and they want to share and, and, and that's how they connect. And so I can't take credit for any of the places that we've been, right? Like we've been to SOCAP, we've been to Aspen Ideas Festival, we've been out to the Nobel Peace Prize Center twice talking about this work, we've been at the UN talking about this work. I can't take credit for any of that. What I can say is that in asking for help and seeking partners, that is the quickest and best way to amplify your work and to amplify it in the right spaces and amplify it with the least resistance and in the most productive way. As an entrepreneur, there's only 24 hours in a day and there's so much that you have to do. So being productive and being in partnerships is the key to the success. Well, it's a great answer. And I'm sure that's going to help a lot of our listeners out there that are trying to grow their business. So let's head into the eight Athena leadership principle question. And frequent listeners know that we're going to take a principle from the book, Becoming Athena, Eight Principles to Enlighten Leadership by Athena International founder, Martha Mertz. And I say this principle is perfect for you, Gayla. Your principle to comment on is learn constantly. What does that mean for you? So I love that one. I mean, I I like all the principles, obviously, but um, I like that one because it really exemplifies how I show up in the world, which is... I never want to stop being curious and I hope others don't stop being curious because that's how we're going to solve problems, challenges, social issues, financial issues, technology issues is that curiosity. And so I love that because we should all like a motto be in a place where we are learning, whether that be asking questions, whether that be doing things that are not in our comfort zone and sometimes failing and learning from the failures, right? And I think when we stay in that space of curiosity and learning, we also stay humble and grateful. And that's when we're in that space that the best things come to us and, and happen for us. Well, let's talk about some resources and what are some things that inspire you? What are some things that you might want to share with our audience and could be YouTube talks and TED talks or books that you've read? Uh, what are what are some things that you'd like to share with the folks listening right now? Um, sure. Well, I love investing and I, I love and want more people to think about that space. So I love books that talk about entrepreneurship and venture capital. So, you know, there's one like the entrepreneurial Bible to venture capital. There's another called the business of venture capital. Those are two that I love, but you know, again, I'm that finance wonk. uh, geek. The other that I'm really loving is I'm loving hearing other people's stories and it runs the gamut from Robert Caro and all the books about past presidents to cheesy biographies. Now, I don't buy them, and that's probably a bad thing to say. Sorry, Amazon and, and the authors. Um, but I love the, the library. I'm a New York Public Library <laughs> card holder. And and because I read so many books and I have a small apartment, I can't buy and, and store them all. But so I buy, bought in, you know, I, I read the bios of pop cultural icons to historic figures. 
And so I think there's so much we can learn from them. So I recommend people spending more time learning about other people's stories. And then I'm going to call it a resource. We, and we do these. They're uh, daily affirmations that we send out to our our tribe via email and through our social media platforms. But I'm always really interested in positive affirmations and quotes um, because I get a lot of inspiration from them. And then the other, the little wonky, uh, is the thesaurus. I love language. I love words. And I love the thesaurus because there's just so many other words that can capture what we want to say. And so, again, in that period of being a lifelong learner, I, I'm going to promote this thesaurus because I, I really think communication is so key to everything that we do. And so building a large vocabulary to express yourself and really communicate a thought is power. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, that's a great list. And I'm with you on biographies. I think biographies are amazing because when you see what they went through to get to where they were at in life or where they are in life, depending on whether it was a historical figure or a a current person, but just seeing their story and kind of feeling their journey, if you will, it allows you to kind of peer behind the curtain and say, wow, there was a lot more work involved than I thought there was. And kind of gives you inspiration for your own journey. At least it does that for me. Yeah, I I think that's right. I mean, in in so many ways, we're in this instant gratification culture and I'm sounding old, you know, I sound like, you know, your grandparent, like you kids just want everything now and quick and fast. But you know, in a lot of ways we still are in this instant gratification society. And so it's nice to see the real journey behind the, like what we think is an overnight success or, you know, that YouTube or that Instagram celeb, right? Like Yes, they're an Instagram celeb, and it looks like all they're doing is putting photos, you know, on Instagram, but there's actually some work behind it. And now, listen, I don't want to get into a debate or defend Instagram or YouTubers, but in all of in everyone's story, there's a journey that got them there, and there's probably some hard work or some work that had to be done to get them to that place. And so that's the yummy stuff I love to hear about. Not that they're, you know, the self-made billionaire or, you know, they have a net worth of X. Like I want to hear like, what was it like when you were like 12? Indeed. Well, let's talk about the last question. And of course, that's your question. I should say the floor is yours. As frequent listeners know, we start with the guest. We end with the guest. I'd like to pass the mic on to you right now and have you just address the audience to say whatever you would like to say to close out the interview. Gayla, the floor is yours. Sure. So I want to leave everyone with this one thought and it's plus one. And here's what I mean by that. I would love everyone to think about the spaces they show up in socially, professionally, and bring a plus one, right? So, you know, you go to an event or a meeting or a conference, bring a plus one and bring someone that wouldn't normally have access to that space and see how beautiful that interaction can be. And one day I'm going to get my act together and make a full formal program or trademark it or do something with it. Maybe we'll just make another movement on Intent Manifesto and we could start with Athena and all of its members. But it comes from this place of 
you know, the work I'm doing right is around women, women of color. And so that's my world, but that's not everyone's world. And so I started thinking about like, how do we break down some of the biases that we have in, in a way that we can start to see each other and love each other and support each other and respect each other. And we don't all have to, you know, be at everyone's Thanksgiving table, but is there small little ways that we can just sort of connect and also understand that there's going to be times where we don't connect and that's okay, right? So for a guy in Arkansas and me in Manhattan, like we may not connect, right? We just are going to maybe move in different circles and that's okay. Um, but we can still best in and love one another as human beings. And so I started thinking, you know, like, what would it look like if I started inviting people that didn't look like me to spaces that I'm in? Be that my home for dinner, conferences that I go to, business meetings that I'm at, right? And what would that look like? And it's been an amazing time such that um, I white guys to, like, black women events <laughs> and by, you know, just different people to different places. And it's been amazing how they just love it. They love it, right? Because they get to see a, a different side of the world that they haven't. So plus one, I challenge everybody to plus one. And it can be as simple as, you know, I had, uh, I, I told you my husband from Ireland, my niece and her friend were in from, um, we're, we're here for the summer, it was last summer. And I was going to be speaking at an event in D.C. where they were doing their summer internship and fellowship. And I asked instead of getting, you know, my stipe, you know, speaker stipend or whatnot, um, if I could invite two people. And so I invited those two young ladies. They were blown away. They had never been to a conference like that. Uh, the one young lady was uh, black, but living in in Ireland and so not a lot of black people there but they her family had moved there and so here she was at this conference with women of all ethnicities and she was just moved to tears like this was an amazing moment for her and I was able to give that to her all because of that plus one so it could be as simple as that right so that's what I would love to leave people with this call to action oh my gosh I'm giving so much homework to the listeners <laughs> um, so <laughs> but it's my, all good stuff call, all good stuff. <laughs> there you go. So you have three pieces of homework. This is, I wanna, this is how I'm going to finish. Okay, so you got three pieces of homework, everyone. Plus one, invite someone new or different to something that you're going to. Let them be your plus one. Sign the manifesto on intentmanifesto.com. And then third, be intentional and try to support a woman entrepreneur sometime over the next 30 days. What a great way to end this podcast. Gayla Jennings O'Byrne, founder and CEO of Intent Manifesto. Thanks for spending all this time with us. And it was very much appreciated. And I really enjoyed our interview. Yeah, I got just as much out of it as anybody else. So thank you. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, we'll talk with author Gail Chiarella Alba, an expert in caregiving, and she wants caregivers to take care of themselves. And from a business standpoint, she delves into mid-career shifts. This chat helps so many folks on so many different levels. And here's a bit from Gail. So my mindset was really being okay with not knowing and yet trusting and following the guidance step by step following. So can you be okay? My question would be then to a person, can you be okay not knowing just in the state of okayness? Can you practice the state of okayness? Can you practice being present to the love that you're experiencing? 
that will never come your way again. We would love to have you in our Facebook group. Plus, could you like our Facebook page too? Put Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International into your Facebook search bar and help us positively shape this podcast.